down in twos. <laughs> nah, we do. Baby, read. His beer through the hot dog. <laughs> now I've I've heard about hey you go to the game let's have a hot dog and a beer not a hot dog in the beer using the hot dog as a conveyance to consume the beer. Welcome back to another edition of the Ball Street Journal podcast. We're going to be continuing our series today, off-season lineups. We got the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers finished the regular season as a third to the worst team in the Eastern Conference with a record of 25 and 57. This is kind of unconventional for the Pacers for essentially the last decade, you know, not the last the last two years withstanding. They've kind of always been in playoff contention. They were this organization that prided themselves on always making a push for the playoffs didn't necessarily have too much success in the playoffs um, especially since the Paul George Roy Hibbert iterations of the Pacers but still you know this organization felt that it was important for them to give good uh, a good product to their fans and that meant that they weren't really tanking um, this uh 13th finish in the Eastern Conference is uh, their worst in a decade and um, even before this season ended you could tell that they were making a youth movement Um, back before the trade deadline they sort of went all in they realized that although DeMontis Sabonis is a very talented player and uh, and um, you know isn't too old the pairing of him and Miles Turner was really not working, and so they had to figure out what can we do. We have these two big men. Um, they had Malcolm Brogdon as their point guard. Well, they they decided they need to go in a different direction, and uh, they called up the Kings and made a trade for you know one of the most exciting young guards in the league, one that I honestly thought was untouchable and was fairly surprised. Um, when Tyrese Halliburton uh, got traded from the Kings, you know, I thought the Kings would be more likely to trade Davion Mitchell, maybe even De'Aaron Fox before they moved on Tyrese Halliburton because of what we'd seen of his on-court performance, both, uh, you know, as as a guard, but but also as a defender. Um, but the deal ultimately ended up being Halliburton, Buddy Heald, who I think is still a very val- valuable player, particularly with his three-point touch, and Tristan Thompson, um, for uh, Sabonis, Jeremy Lin, and Justin Holiday, as well as a 2023 second-round draft pick. Um, overall, I thought this was a massive win for the Pacers. You know, for a team that's been in the middle, hasn't had too many high draft picks, this was the perfect way for them to get a young, talented player, a two-way player. And uh, one thing they had to figure out this off-season was, you know, how do we clear out the um, the backcourt to make sure that Tyrese Halliburton has the keys to the organization and uh, the big move that they wanted to do and they had to do was figure out what are they going to do with uh, with uh, Malcolm Brogdon and what ultimately they ended up doing was trading away Malcolm Brogdon to the Celtics uh, for Aaron Neesmith, Daniel Tice, Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz, Juan Morgan and a 2023 first round draft pick. And I think Malcolm Brogdon is a really valuable player, but um, maybe didn't fit the timeline that 
uh, Indiana necessarily sought for themselves. And so I think the trade works out probably better for the Celtics, but I don't think the Pacers, um, you know, it, it, I think the trade made sense for the Pacers, even if they're a slightly worse team in the short run. Um, so I think those two, those two trades were pivotal in the future of the organization. Uh, now they have some young talent um, and they also having had you know not a great season had the ability of adding some young guys through the draft <laughs> and um, with the sixth overall pick they took Benedict Matherin uh, from Arizona and <laughs> uh, he's he's a talented player really great shooter uh, one thing he does not lack is uh, you know he does not lack confidence uh, soon after he was um Soon after he was drafted, he was he spoke to the Washington Post and was said, you know, LeBron James is gonna have to show me that he's better than me. And yeah, I mean, you know, Benedict Matherin isn't um, isn't dumb. He knows that LeBron James is a much better player than him. But uh, I, I uh, appreciated the confidence. Uh, he came back and had to clarify himself because the media was in a little bit of a fritz uh, after his comments, and he said. You know, it's all about uh, it's it's about me being confident. I think he's the best player to ever play the game. But me just coming into the league, I won't uh, I won't say anybody's better than me. That's me being confident. I know who LeBron James is. There's no other LeBron James. There there won't be again. And so, uh, you know, I like the I like the guts that this guy's got. He's obviously a very talented shooter. He didn't have the the best um, summer league, but that I don't think that should take anything away from what he, what he can be. Um, he be he's going to be a nice pairing next to Halliburton um, uh, with uh, the thirty first overall pick. Uh, the Pacers got Andrew Nembert from Gonzaga, and you know I don't think he's ever going to be a starter in the NBA, but he's pretty good playmaker, pretty good scorer. Can see him like really being a valuable uh guy leading the second second unit um and of course he was on gonzaga so he's had years of uh playing with other talented guys and years of having high pressure games under his belt so i think that was a pretty good pretty good pick as well um and then last they chose in the second round they took kendall brown from baylor small forward with the 48th overall pick and you know, Brown was supposed to be this really coveted guy coming out of college, uh, high school and just really didn't have a great season, uh, wasn't a great playmaker, wasn't a great shooter, but is explosive. He's 6'6", nice small forward. Um, and we'll kind of have to see. This was them taking a shot in the second round to see if this guy can go back to who he was as a as a high school player. Um, but, I, I, you know, overall, I think that the... That the offseason was kind of what was expected after the Halliburton trade. They got some youth. They got some guys that um, will take some time to develop, but should be fun to watch on the court. Uh, that being said, my expectations for this team in the in the near future are pretty low. I think they'll continue to miss the playoffs, be towards the bottom of the league. But if you get to see some exciting play between Halliburton, Matherin, Buddy Heald, um, you know, who who may or may not be moved. I know that for a long time, the Lakers have had interest in Buddy Heald. So there's something, you know, that, that's not to say Indiana is done with their uh, offseason or early season moves. Um, 
overall by the by the end of the year you know some of the guys that they lost that are of importance we talked about brogdon already ricky rubio um signed with the Cavs as a free agent um Van Stevenson uh, is uh you know his contract is up so he's a free agent again TJ Warren signed with uh the Brooklyn Nets and I mean TJ Warren it's really um crazy what's happened to him extremely talented player had you know you know some people might call him the bubble Jordan had the amazing bubble season was scoring on everyone and has just been plagued with injury ever since. So we know the talent is there. We hope that he could stay healthy. Unfortunately, he won't be helping the Indiana Pacers anymore, but we'll see how he performs for the Nets. Um, some of the other guys that um, uh, that uh, the, the team re-signed uh, for the Pacers, they re-signed Jalen Smith. But that's really it. That was their offseason. Um, I'm... I think for me, the most exciting thing coming into next season is going to be how Halliburton grows. Now that Brogdon is sort of out, um, it's going to be him as the, in my eyes, probably the face of the franchise. And so how does he grow? How does he work with these new players that are around him? How does Matherin develop? Um, What's the future of Buddy Heald going to be? Is he going to be on this team or is he going to be another piece that they can move for some young assets? Since it looks like Indiana in the near future are probably not going to be in, you know, championship contention anytime soon. And then ultimately, you know, what's the future of Miles Turner? He kind of is, is, he's still young. He's only 26, but he's kind of the odd man out here. Uh, all their other guys are really, really young. Um, and so he's, he's a little bit of the odd man out. Will they keep him there or will they eventually trade him? I think one big thing will be um, what kind of season he has. If he's having a really, really nice season and one of these, um, teams that are vying for the championship uh get around to mid-season and want to make a move maybe someone like miles turner is going to be their guy um you know obviously having to make salaries work now that he's making 18 or so million dollars a year um i think it was a pretty good pretty good off season uh and Although I will not be watching a ton of Indiana basketball, I will be following them in the background to see the maturation of all these players. Uh, That's all I got. Um, We'll see you guys next time. See ya. I want to thank our producer, Sandeep. Without him, this podcast would not be possible. If you want to get the latest news on the podcast and to support us, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BSJPod and check out our website at www.bsjpod.com. Thanks for tuning in.